This is the Detroiter. We are covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I am your host, Nick Bradley. Welcome back to the show. We are presented by the Second String, the SecondString.com. Listen, you know the spiel by now. Um, I guess I'm kind of obligated to say it. Like, right, if I'm doing a podcast here, if I'm trying to sell T-shirts, if I'm trying to get you to subscribe, follow along, join on for the ride, for the pod, for the content game, if I'm not starting off the podcast going, hey, guys, this is the Detroiter. Hey, guys, what do we do here? We cover sports in the Motor City. Who am I, guys? I'm Nick Bradley. Hey, guys, if you like the shirts, we're presented by the second string. If I'm not doing that, like, what am I doing? That's like a rabbi who doesn't talk about Moses. You feel me? Or, uh, right? Is he the Jewish one? Um, that's like a, a fucking pastor who doesn't touch kids. You know, like, what are we doing here? If I'm not going to do the podcast and tell you what I got going on, why you're here, why you're listening today, where you can check out this cool shirt amongst many others. Pistons draft is tomorrow. Fifth overall pick, a wingman, a running man, Batman and Robin alongside Cade. We got the jerseys from, or not the jerseys, the t-shirt of the draft from last year, the Cade with the old English D. One of the better selling uh, shirts I ever made. Certainly one of the better selling Pistons shirts we've done. Still fire. Um, The simplicity of them is unreal. I mean, there's nothing to it, dude. We're not getting too cute. Just C-A, Old English D-E. It's money. It's easy. Everybody can read it. Cade, you know what you're talking about. It's the double entendre. It's Cade with the Old English D, which is a world-renowned symbol for Detroit. They're, mwah, they're still on sale if you want to get them. I think at the time of you listening to this, so fuck, I just realized this isn't going to come out until Thursday. So when this comes out, it will be the day the Pistons are making their selection in the NBA draft. So for that reason, this is what we're going to do. Thursday, the day you are listening to this, if you're listening to this right now, every Pistons item in the store, the thesecondstring.com, every single Pistons item is going to be 20, 20% off. I almost said 25. It's going to be 20% off today. This Cade shirt, we've got the Bad Boys 2.0 shirts. We got the OG Bad Boys shirts. We got the French Revolution Killian shirts. We got the Cade 2. This Cade shirt, we got another like more graphic kind of vintage looking Cade shirt. Everything in the store that is related to the Detroit Pistons will be 20% off on Thursday. Don't miss out. I don't do sales. I do sales. I think maybe I do a sale on Black Friday. Maybe I do a sale when like the football season ends. And maybe I do a sale when a team, when I'm selling old Pistons merch on draft night. Maybe. I don't know. It's going to be a one-day thing. It'll be Thursday. It'll be over Thursday at midnight. So don't fuck up. Don't miss your chance. Don't DM me. Give me. That's my biggest pet peeve. Like, I love people. Don't get me wrong. I love the people that want the shirts and are like, oh, it's a sick design. How do I get one? That's awesome, right? That's always great to see. I love those people. But my biggest pet peeve is when I do a sale. Or, for instance, the Lions shirt, the Jamison Williams Hutch design. Unreal. One of the best designs I think I've done, period. Probably my favorite Lions one. Um, you'll be seeing that soon enough as the football season approaches. I made that. I put it on sale like maybe a week after the draft. It takes a second is the thing to get the design done. I think I put it on sale for a weekend. So like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a week after the draft. And I wanted to mess around. And I kind of do want to mess around more with testing like the 
all right, you can get you can get it for 48 hours. Who's going to get it? Who's going to sleep on it? Just testing the supply and demand like that. The drop release method. I put them out, people buy them, and then no less than a week after they go off sale. After they're going away until yeah, I'll probably put them back like the week before the season starts or something. I'll probably bring them back before the Lions start, but it won't be up there for another three months, two months, whatever it is. No less than a week after I take them off sale where I am specifically saying, guys, guys, don't sleep on these. They're only going to be up for a little bit. Somebody DMs me, multiple people are DMing me. Oh man, I missed the lion shirt. Do, do you, can I get it still? Oh man, you took the, wait, the lion shirt isn't there anymore. I didn't get it in time. Like, how do I get one? Bro. That's the entire fucking point. And I hate to be that guy. I hate to gatekeep sweet ass designs. I hate to gatekeep fire lions merch from lions fans. I hate to gatekeep anything from anyone. I'm telling you guys, I'm like the boy who cried wolf. If I start telling you it's only on sale for a weekend. And then the second someone DMs me and goes, I didn't buy it this weekend. How do I get one? I just give them what they want. What does that make me? It makes me a and a liar. So I can't do that. I can't do that. So hop on it now. This is probably going to be the only piston sale. There'll maybe be one more piston sale this year, the day after the season ends. Don't fucking ask me. Don't DM me. Oh, I didn't get the cage shirt. Don't do that. I'll probably leave the cage shirt up. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe, maybe till the season starts and then get rid of those too, because these have been up for a while. Don't miss out. That said, perfect segue into the Detroit Pistons, into draft night tonight, into the fifth overall pick, into Michael Jordan getting his Scottie Pippen. Cade Cunningham tonight will get his Robin. He will get his Starsky to his Hutch. He will get his Scottie Pippen to his Michael Jordan. He will get his Jose Cansenko to his Mark McGuire. Cade Cunningham gets a wingman tonight. Cade Cunningham gets a wingman that when they show those graphics on NBA on TNT, the Pistons big three, there's another face to go up there with Cade Cunningham. That's what's going to happen tonight. And there's a few names being tossed around. When you coming in, we weren't going to get one of the four locks or it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a lock that we got one of the four locks. Those four locks being the big three, Jabari, Chet, Paolo, and then Jaden Ivey as the fourth. Word on the street, word in the Twitter streets, Sacramento isn't so interested with Jaden Ivey. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now we have the other wild card shade on Sharp. Hadn't played at Kentucky, was the number one player coming out, really shot up the rankings at the end of his high school career, didn't play, like I said, and now he's a top five, top six projected pick. He's kind of a wild card on the flip. Benedict Mathurin. I've never once heard of this guy. I've never heard of a Benedict Mathurin. Who the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Who the hell is Benedict? He's a Canadian basketball player. He's from Montreal, Canada. I like that. He's 6'6". He's 210. He plays shooting guard, and he went to Arizona. I've never heard of this guy. I like that he's Canadian. I've always wanted to go to Montreal. The fact that he grew up in Montreal and has that French in him, he'll probably fucking love Detroit. 6'6", 210, seems beefy enough for me. 6'6", seems a little small, right? Like, isn't Cade 6'8"? 
the shooting guard, the wingman, the running mate with Cade. It's going to be a couple inches shorter than the point guard. That's interesting. Granted, not every shooting guard, not every guard can be a unicorn 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", type guy. I understand that. Apparently, this Mathurin kid is the truth. Everybody and anybody is sucking this dude off left, right, and center in the Twitter sphere. Everybody's talking about this Mathurin. I don't know what he does. Can't say I watched any Arizona basketball this year. And by any, I mean I didn't watch a single fucking game of Wildcat basketball, but I got Benedict stats up right here. So in the 21-22 season, he played 37 games, 17.7 points on 45% from the field and 37% from three, 76 from the line. I like those splits. I like those splits. 45 from the field in college will fucking do for a guard. 37 from the from three in college will fucking do for a guard. He shot 47 from the field and 42 from three the year before when he was a freshman, averaged almost 11 points. But his senior year, 1.8 turnovers a game, not great. Average is a steal. 0.3 blocks, two and a half assists, 5.6 rebounds. I mean, I guess he's not driving me crazy. I'm not running to the blood bank to give my left arm for this guy to run with Cade, but everybody else seems to like him. I don't have a super strong take on who I want the Pistons to get. I I like Ivy. Like if you would have asked me the day we got the draft pick, who do you want us to take? I want Jaden Ivy because I saw Jaden Ivy play. I know he played some fucking dogs in the Big Ten. I know he was a dog last year, bro. I know he was an absolute monster last year. I've seen him do things where I'm like, well, what? He's going to get to play against other kids in college? I've seen him do shit like that, where it's like, that's not fair. He shouldn't be able to do that. I've seen him do that shit. I've seen him run from baseline to baseline in four strides. I've seen him do it. I've seen him pick up a ball at half court, not dribble it, and dunk it, and he didn't travel. I've seen him do it. I've seen him fucking glass people out of the clouds. James, he blocks it. I've seen him do that at Purdue. I've seen him one-handedly, single-handedly, one-man show, win basketball games for the Boilermakers. I've seen this kid do it all. I've heard that these people talk about him. I know Jaden Ivey's a freak athletically. I know he's a guy who will bust his ass. He's a little smaller, 6'4", 195. He he feels bigger than that, though. I got to say, like, he looks like a fucking animal when he plays. He looks like a guard that's just bigger than everybody. So 6'4", that seems a little low, but I guess I won't argue with ESPN. 46% from the field, 36% from three, 74% from the line. So the splits and the shooting percentage is very similar. Five rebounds a game, three assists a game, 0.6 blocks, 0.9 steals, 17.3 points. Pretty similar guys. Pretty similar guys. The starkest difference is he doubles Mathurin's block stat. I think Mathurin was 0.3 blocks. Ivy's at 0.6. I love either of these guys now that I've dove into it. I love the idea that Mathurin's 6'6". Um, it is tough for me to like be all in on one guy that I haven't seen play. I've seen Jaden Ivey, dude. I saw Purdue play a fuck ton. I saw him play Michigan State twice where I was locked in every single possession of both games. I've watched the Big Ten tournament. I was locked into that too. I've been hearing about this kid for the last two years. I feel more comfortable with Ivy, I think, probably just because of the comfort, like the relatability. I just know more about him. I'm more familiar with him, that factor. But now that I'm looking at it, 
I think I might want the extra two inches. I think I might want the guy who shoots a little bit better from three. I think I might want the guy who scored a little more points. I think I might want Mathura. I think I just might want the frame. I want the 66210 over the 64195. And Jaden Ivey's going to be a freak. I mean, this dude, like, I'm looking at some of these highlights. Brother, what? Brother, what? He sprints down the court like nobody else is out there and just like a fucking crane, dude. Like a piece of automated machinery designed to build industrial sized hospitals just tosses that thing in the hoop. Nobody does that shit in college. Nobody. I think either guy is a win. And I even think Shadon Sharp is a win. Not too long ago, I was reading articles, reading tweets from NBA analysts, experts, whatever you want to call them, going, this Shadon Sharp, he might be the best player in the draft. He might be overlooked a little bit because he didn't play at Kentucky. Shadon Sharp might give you the most value in this draft, but you didn't see him play, so nobody's talking about him. Shadon Sharp. Might be the steal of the 2022 NBA draft. The Pistons get sharp and he hits. Him and Cade Cunningham might be the most lethal combination that could possibly come out of this draft. I remember that like it was yesterday because you know what? Wasn't too far removed from yesterday. This shade on sharp. I will be happy with anybody they take. Shade on sharp, 6'6", 200 pounds. I like that. I like the big frames. I think the way the NBA is moving too – like, if you can move, if you're a guard, I don't give a fuck. If you're 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", if all those guys move the same, naturally you would think the 6'3 guy is going to be a little quicker than the 6'6 guy. Brother, Jaden Ivey, that guy hoofs. That guy hoofs for 6'4". I'd imagine Shadon and Mathurin can move pretty well for their size. If those dudes can move, if those dudes can get laterally, they can play defense and hold their own. They can get to the rim, hold their own. They both can shoot. The statistics would say, give me the give me the length. Give me the bodies. Give me the dudes who are going to affect more shots. Give me the dudes who are going to get in more passing lanes. Give me the dudes who can't be defended because their release is so high because they got those two extra inches. I feel like the way the NBA is moving – and I'm not a fucking genius. So this isn't Aristotle talking here. It's just, it's getting bigger at every position. And with that size comes athleticism, comes coordination. It's Kevin Durant at every spot. Not everybody's seven foot or seven foot one, whatever KD is. But every single position is slowly, slowly inching that way. Big men aren't built like Shaq anymore. Big men are built like Giannis, bro. They're thin, they're jacked, they're wiry, and they can move. Look at Jaron Jackson, prototype. Bam Adebayo, prototype. Draymond, not that big, but he can move. He can play defense. He can get moving on his feet. He can pass the ball. He can handle it. He can play like a guard, even though he's a big. Andrew Wiggins had a great finals. Look at his frame, bro. It's more and more this league, it feels like, is moving towards guys. Cade is moving towards guys that are bigger and bigger at their spots. You're looking at Cade Cunningham as a point guard. He's 6'7", 6'8". He's playing the fucking point guard. Like 10 years ago, point guards were 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". You know what I'm saying? All of them. Not just one, two, offshoot. All the point guards were 6'2", 6'3". Cade Cunningham, 6'8", point guard. Ben Simmons, 6'10", point guard. That's the way the league. LeBron James, 6'9", just plays point guard. It's the way the league's moving. Give me the extra size because if all things are equal, which they seem to be, Benedict Mathurin and Jaden Ivey shoot the ball pretty much the same way. 
They score pretty much the same amount. They facilitate pretty much the same amount. Give me the guy who's two inches taller. Give me the guy who's going to have fewer shots blocked. Give me the guy who needs just that much less room to get up a layoff, get a layup off. Everybody loves this Mathurin kid. Everybody. Everybody. I didn't hear shit about him before the NBA draft lottery. And now all of a sudden, Mathurin, 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 Mathurin. And I saw a mock, I think, either yesterday or today saying that Mathurin's the guy. Mathurin's projected to go to the Detroit Pistons at five overall. I would love to have him. The Kings don't want Jaden Ivey, word is, word is. That's fine. You can take him. Take him. Take him. Take Mathurin. We'll take Jaden Ivey. I think that's where we're at. That's where we're at for the Pistons. And I'm not even talking like, I'm not even talking, oh, and Troy, we trust. I'm not even doing the me thing where I'm just going to be happy and positive And yeah, it'll all work out about whatever goes down. I think these three guys, obviously, like we said, shade on a little bit more risky. Don't know shit about him. Didn't play in college. Who knows why? All three of these guys, all of them. I think you win. Give me Jaden Ivey. I'm happy. Give me Mathurin. I'm happy. Give me Shadon Sharp. I'm happy. Shadon Sharp, you're probably the most excited about. I don't really look at Jaden Ivey, and I could be wrong if he goes to Detroit. I fucking hope I'm wrong. I don't really look at Jaden Ivey and go, that guy's going to be a superstar. That guy's going to change the team. That guy's going to change the league. I don't really see, maybe I'm wrong, knock on wood if they take him. I don't really see Jaden Ivey coming in and like being a dominant guy in the NBA. I'm sure he'll be a good player. I'm sure he'll start. I'm sure he'll get good minutes. I'm sure he'll contribute. He'll probably score, play deep, whatever, dude. I just don't see Jaden Ivey being a guy where it's like, fuck, two minutes left. You're down three. Give the ball to Ivy on offense and have him guard their best dude on defense. I don't know if that if he gets to that point. I don't know if Jaden Ivey becomes the guy. And if he plays with Cade, he won't really need to be that guy. But say Cade's out. Say Cade's fouled out. Say Cade's gassed. Whatever the fucking case is. I don't know if Jaden Ivey's a guy like that. That'll be in those moments taking over games. Like one of those guys where it's if you guard him one-on-one, he's going to get a shot he likes. It's just a matter of whether or not he makes it, and he will make it. I don't know if Jaden Ivey's ever that guy. I don't know enough about Mathurin to know if he's ever that guy. I don't know if Shaden Sharp's ever that guy. I don't know if any player we get at the five spot this year is going to be a dude who's capable of taking over a game. Like, we saw Cade this year. Cade came in and was fucking ready. Cade came in and won games. Cade came in and iced games by himself. Cade came in and had monster fourth quarters and came back in games by himself. Cade was a, I don't want to use this word too loosely, but like he was kind of a star, right? He played up to that level. Certainly by the end of the year, I saw a thing today. It was like he averaged 24 after the all-star break against playoff teams. That's fucking legit, bro. That's the real fucking deal. Cade proved he's a guy at the end of the game. He'll figure it out. No matter who you're going against, he'll bring some stuff. He'll bring his A game. He'll get going. He'll give him a run. Cade proved he is that guy. Would love to have two of them. Do we need two of them? Maybe not. Maybe now that we have one just a fucking bona fide dude, maybe we don't need two. And I don't know if we'll get two regardless. But it isn't the end of the world because you know what we will get? Good basketball player. We're going to get someone athletic, hopefully someone that wants to work. That's the one thing I like about Ivy. He seems like a dude that just was like, all right, you want me to fucking – you want me to build a brick wall, coach? That's going to help us win basketball games? Okay, I'll do it. Coach, you want me to wash dishes at the fucking diner down the road for four days? 
all right, I don't know how that's going to help us win, but I'll do it. Jaden Ivey seems like a guy who's like, okay, yeah, whatever helps, I'll do it. You want me to shoot twice a game? Fine, if we win. You want me to play defense on the best player all game for 48 minutes? Okay, if we win. Jaden Ivey seems like a yes, sir kind of guy. Shade on Sharp? A little questionable. Benedict, don't know shit about it. I do think we'll get a good player regardless. And making this full circle back to the, it'll all be okay, Troy Weaver, we'll be fine. I do trust Troy Weaver. We're still at a point, Pistons fans. Listen, I know Detroit fans in general, we're kind of tortured right now. Lions were garbage last year. We'll see what happens this year. Red Wings were pretty good, pretty solid, and then fell apart, kind of became a disappointment. Tigers never really were put together, fell apart right out the fucking gate for a team. Some people, myself included, were like, they might make the playoffs. Asshole, what an idiot thing to say. I know we're a little tainted. We're a little scarred about these good things. Oh, we got Cade. Still the worst team in the NBA. Oh, what you know, we got Cade. We got Sadiq. We got Killian. We got Stu. We got some picks. Jeremy Grant for an asset. Oh, it's good. Everything's great. We're going to be okay. What's what's Something's going to go wrong, right? I know we're kind of in that stage as a Detroit fan, but listen, Troy Weaver hasn't done anything to lose your trust. Troy Weaver's only made good moves. Troy Weaver slowly, methodically has brought in the right pieces, it seems to carry on this rebuild. We're making progress in this rebuild. Not only do we have the fifth pick this year, might be tr- looking to trade Jeremy Grant for a top 10 pick, might be looking to qualify an offer to Miles Bridges, might look to make a move for DeAndre Ayton. There are some things happening around the Pistons. There's some excitement. They're trying to make this team better, and not just for the sake of selling tickets and sneaking into the playoffs. They're trying to build this team and put a team around Cade that can win playoff games. Whoever they take in Troy, we trust. Mathurin, Ivy, Shadon, one of those three, whoever it is, welcome to Detroit. Go shake hands with Cade Cunningham. Clean his fucking carpet, vacuum his couch, whatever the hell you got to do, and get to work because we're sick of Detroit basketball being a fucking joke. Whoever it is, bring your stuff. Bring that hard hat. Bring that lunch pill. Bring your running shoes. Bring your Pepto-Bismol because you're going to be fucking puking from working so hard. And let's win some basketball games. Quick break. Mo Sider is the Calder winner. And then the sun's going to come up tomorrow. (laughs) So we'll talk about Mo. Mo Sider is the Calder Trophy winner at 20 years old. The defenseman of the Detroit Red Wings wins it in a fucking runaway as he should because he's by far the best rookie in the NHL. Mo Sider. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I know. Yep. I hear you applauding in your car on your commute. I hear you applauding at your desk. I hear you applauding at the gym. I hear you applauding laying in your bed. Everybody applauding. I can hear you guys. I appreciate it. Um, It was a nice rendition. You're right. Uh, I do have the voice of an angel. You're right. Once again, I do have a, a really distinctive and mahogany, just rich sounding tenor that I can produce out of here. Uh, the diaphragm really just opens up and I get a nice flow of air and it just allows me to create these beautiful sounds. Um, I do I do get mistaken for Josh Groban quite, quite frequently, uh, mainly at the gym. And it's not because of my long hair or because I'm, you know, phenomenally good looking or, 
because Josh Groban lifts as much weight as I do. It's because when I hit those showers before work, I put on a serenade for everybody who likes to get clean. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mo Sider wins the Calder and rightfully so. I mean, can you imagine a reality? Can you imagine a world in which he didn't win the Calder trophy this year? Like, can you fucking imagine that? I, you know, what's fucked up part of me earlier today, like five o'clock, six o'clock before they announced the winner. Part of me was sitting there like, I can't imagine that for some reason, because he plays for the Detroit Red Wings and that 38 year old plays for the Maple Leafs with Matthews and Marner. They're going to give it to him because the Maple Leafs made the playoffs because the Maple Leafs are from Toronto. Because everybody sucks the Maple Leafs dick. Because everyone's Canadian. Because he's 38. Because this, that, the other thing. They're going to give it to him because he's the sexier player. He scores goals and Mo Sider just doesn't do anything wrong. They're going to give it to the Maple Leafs guy. I could believe that there was a fucked up reality in which Mo Sider didn't win it, I don't know, a few hours ago. I'm glad. I'm glad that that hasn't come to fruition. I'm glad that Mo Sider did win it. Um, for a few reasons, a is the right decision. I mean, like Red Wings fandom aside, he's the most qualified candidate. Mo Sider was the best rookie in the NHL, dude. This guy was so good. He's the best rookie in the NHL this year. This guy was so good. He was one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Think about that. What is he? 20 first year in the league. He was one of the best defensemen in the NHL playing with that fucking broom handle. Danny, the Kaiser half the time. Playing on one of the worst teams in the league in the Detroit Red Wings. Hate to say it. They're my guys. Wish they weren't one of the worst teams in the NHL. But guess what? They have been since I was 18. They have been. It is what it is. Playing on one of the worst teams in the league with a guy, a a sorry excuse for a fucking paint bucket as a defensive partner. And he still was the best rookie in the league easily and one of the best defensemen in the league. Do you believe that? And there was some sort of question like, oh, do you think Cider will win it? He, sh- he probably should win it. Do you think he actually will, though? It's unbelievable. It's sickening that he it wasn't a certainty, but I'm glad he did win it. Good for him. He deserved it. Hopefully, it's like a uh, – hopefully, this works a few different ways. One, hopefully, it's like Mo Cider goes, looks in the mirror tonight and goes, whoa, like I can be pretty fucking good. I, I can – Rookie of the year, I wasn't even trying. This team stinks. Everybody I played with, fucking horrible. I wasn't, I, and I was the rookie of the year. Hopefully he looks at himself in the mirror tonight and goes, I can be a Norris Trophy winner. I can be the best player in this league. McDavid who, brother? McDavid, nobody will be talking about him when I snap him in half the first time we see Edmonton next year. McDavid? Yeah, McDavid can score. What happens when an unstoppable force meets in a move? In a, um, what's ha- what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object that also happens to be an unstoppable force? That's what happens when Connor David meets Osider. That unstoppable force hits the immovable object. But since our immovable object is also he double times in the daylight as an unstoppable force, nighttime as an immovable immovable object. We move him back anyway. Mo Sider, I hope, is looking in the mirror tonight, taking a cold fucking shower, watching season two of The Wire, and I hope he pauses the episode halfway through because there's a scene, Omar's coming, everybody. Omar's coming. And he stops and he goes, I'm Omar. I can be Omar. 
I want to be Omar of hockey. I want people when they see his double-barreled hockey stick rolling around the corner, they see that 53 coming to them, that lettuce, that billowing, oh, yeah, in the wind. I want people, grown-ass men, drop their kids off at soccer practice before the game, grown-ass men that have to get checked for testicular cancer, grown-ass men to see Mo Sider and nearly wet themselves. I want grown-ass men to be coming back to the bench going, no, I just got a bunch of ice shaving. Now the goalie squirted his water on me. I didn't piss myself because Mo Sider was near me. That's what I want Mo Sider to turn into. That's what I hope this catalyzes. I hope he realizes, oh, I can be pretty special here. Steve Eiserman sits him down. Hey, Mo, you can be pretty special here. And this guy goes balls deep this offseason. This guy doubles, triples, quadruples, pentuples, sextuples, septuples down on being the best defender in the NHL. I hope that's what happens. Lord knows the Detroit Red Wings could use it. Lord knows he's capable of it. I mean, the guy was a savage. I know Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond said it a lot, and he has the highlights, right? Like he didn't give a fuck. He would just hit everybody. Anytime someone tried to hit him, they ended up on the ground. He's just a sturdy dude. He's a big fucking boy who doesn't shy away from anybody, which is an incredible quality to have. I mean, you look at Victor Hedman. Who's that dude running from? That dude would punch Thanos in the nose if he got the chance. Mo Sider doesn't care who you are. And we saw him in one of the first games of the year. John at Victor Hedman, fucking around with Victor Hedman. Maybe the most physically imposing guy in the league. Another one of the best defenders in the NHL. Mo Sider in his like fourth game of his career didn't give a fuck that Victor Hedman was trying to get in his head. He didn't care at all because he's coming for the throne. You come at the king, you best not miss the wire. Omar, there's going to be a new king shortly, or at least that's what I hope for. He's got the potential to do it. Because even though he had the highlight reel hits, he had some nasty goals. That one OT goal, I think it was in Buffalo. That was one of the more unreal goals of the season. I think he had one more uh, OT the one time, or was that against the Islanders at home? That was sick too. He had the highlights. He scored the goals. He had the hits. The most impressive part about Mo Sider all season long, two things. Was One was the fact that he just never shied away. But two, the guy doesn't fuck up. The guy never makes mistakes. He always knows where the puck is going before he has it. He always knows who's open before he's going to pass it. He always knows whether or not he's shooting it before he even gets it. He always knows where his teammates are. He always knows where the opposition is. He always knows, do I get it in deep? Do I carry this through myself? Do I try to get a little fancy and make a play? Do I dump it, go for a change? He makes the right play 99% of the time. And that, not only amongst defenders, that might be the rarest trait a hockey player can have, is knowing what you're supposed to do 99% of the time. Knowing where your teammates are 99% of the time. Knowing where the puck needs to go to end up in the net 99% of the time. Knowing when to shoot it. Shooting it without hesitation. Knowing when to pass it. Knowing how to pass it. Where to deliver it. Who to look for. What area someone should be in that will be a goal-scoring opportunity. Knowing all of that, the hockey IQ, when the puck's behind your net, which way do you go with it? Do you cycle it back or throw it around the boards? Every single decision that needs to be made, and there are thousands of micro decisions upon micro decisions in each hockey game, and no more crucial than a defenseman making it, because guess what? You make a bad pass as a defenseman, that shit's in the net. You make a lazy, you sling it up the boards lazily, that shit ends up in the back of the net. 
You pay, you take a bad pinch. That's a two on one. The defender, it's like the safety in football. You fuck up. You're it, baby. That's on you. They score a goal. That's on you, pal, because you didn't use your head or because you weren't prepared enough or because you just simply didn't know what to do. Mo Sider was so, so impressive for a guy first year at the NHL speed where you have to imagine, although he was great in the SHL, he was great in juniors against a very good competition. You have to imagine playing on a little smaller ice against the best players in the world. Everybody gets on you a lot faster. You don't have quite as much time to decide if you're going to pass it or if you're going to shoot it. You don't have as much, as much space to get the puck to Larkin, right? You don't have quite that much time to think, do I dump it in? Do I take this? What do I do? Split, 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 even more split than they were before. And he rarely ever made the wrong decision. He rarely ever did something that cost his team a goal. He rarely made a mistake that cost us a goal offensively. He was always on top of it, always aware, always knows where the puck needs to go, always knows the smartest play, the safest play, the right play. And then you factor in the the, the idea that he's just going to bulldoze kids. He's going to reverse hit anybody. There's 32-year-old men with a full head of steam trying to hit him in the corner, and all he does is throw his shoulder, and they're on their fucking ass. And then you're going to throw in the fact that he's got silky smooth hands. He can tight walk the blue line like it's nobody's business, like he's Zoe Kravitz in the Batman movie. You feel me? He's got hands like a baby's diaper on the 4th of July. Fucking wet. <laughs> smooth, but I don't know. Smooth, actually, probably. Baby's poop very smooth. Smooth hands, soft hands. You put all that together, you got one damn good hockey player. You got a damn good and a damn rare defenseman the combination of iq being able to skate physicality and hands who people talk about kel mccarr people talk about how well he moves how well he can skate kel mccarr doesn't put people down like mo cider kel mccarr doesn't feel like you just ran into a fucking brinks truck like mo cider does maybe mo cider can't move like kale fine mo cider's got hands mo cider can shoot the puck mo cider can pass the puck we saw him do it. Mo Sider can tightrope the blue line. He can fucking go backwards, side to side, whatever. He's smooth on the skates. And, oh, yeah, he'll put you in a morgue, bro. You get a little antsy. You want to finish a check. Your coach chews you out after your last shift. Finish your checks. Finish your checks. You think, I'm going to be a hero. Let me go pick on the 20-year-old. Bro, you're not going to remember your fucking kid's name. Your brain is going to be sweet potatoes. That's what Mo Sider does. Calder champ. Deservedly so. Best rookie in the league, and it wasn't close no matter what. Can't even think of his name now. The guy from Toronto did. No matter what Lucas Raymond did as great as he was, no matter what Zegras did, no matter how many Michigan goals he scores, Osider was the best rookie in the NHL this year. The best rookie defenseman. One of the best defenders all around in the league. And he's only going to get better. And Lord, do we need it. That's the other nice thing. Detroit got one. Wasn't a playoff victory. Wasn't even a playoff appearance. We got something. Something good happened to a Detroit team that's related to what happens in games. Think about that. What are the last million good things that have happened to Detroit sports? Hiring a new coach, hiring a new GM, getting a high draft pick, drafting a good player, a promising player, changing the fucking jerseys, getting a new stadium or arena. That's it, bro. That's it, dude. 
Those are the best things that have happened since 2015 is all shit that goes hand in hand with being ass when the actual game is played. Finally, finally, something happens. Someone receives an achievement or an accolade. There's something to smile about that's actually tied to positivity. It's tied to success during the game. Mo Sider played a bunch of games and he was great in a bunch of those games and he got an award for doing so in those games. Not because they, we were the worst team in the league, we didn't win something. Not because he was the worst rookie in the NHL. Not because of something ass, that means the team was horrible. Something good happened. Our promising fucking franchise blue liner had a hell of a year and one rookie of the year. That's the first thing that has happened. First positive landmark moment for a Detroit franchise that has something to do with what's actually on the field since 2015, 2014. Cade didn't win rookie of the year. Yeah, he was all rookie NBA. Yeah, he's a great player. Best thing that's the last great thing that's happened to the Pistons outside of getting, I mean, the fifth pick isn't the best, but it was getting the first pick. That's the last great. Before that, it was getting Troy Weaver. Before that, it was getting whatever pick they had before that. Let's look at the Tigers. The last great thing that happened to the Tigers, they signed Baez. He stinks. They got Meadows. He stinks. Riley Green got called up. Okay. Torkelson got called up. All right. He hasn't been great. They got A.J. Hinch because they were bad. They got a first first overall draft pick because they suck. They got Jackson Joe because they suck. Let's look at the Lions. What's, what are the last great things that happened to them? They got hard knocks because we're rebuilding. They got a new coach because they stink. They got a new GM because they suck. They got Aiden Hutchinson because they were the second worst team. Nothing positive on the field. How about the Red Wings? They got Mo Sider because they stink. They got Lucas Raymond because they stink. They got Kosa because they stink. They got Everett because they stink. They got Steve Eiserman because they stunk. Fucking everything. Everything. Finally, we got something tied to success. Something that actually happened in a game that was good. They were rewarded. Hopefully the next step is winning enough games to see the playoffs. But in the meantime, congratulations to Mo Sider. Putting the Mo in Motown. Congratulations to Red Wings fans having something to smile about that isn't a new head coach or GM or draft pick. I appreciate all you for listening. That's all we got today. That's all we got. Um, we will be back next week. So a little programming update, I suppose. I'll probably do this each episode I record this week. So I'm recording this on the 21st of June. I'm going back to Michigan starting the 24th, and I'll be there until July 10th. So in that time frame, I'm not going to record anything. I'm going to leave all my shit here. I'll be at my parents. I'm not going to record anything new. So I'm going to record three episodes this week. I'll release this one on Thursday, the day of the lottery. I'll release another one next week and then another one the following week. So there still will be one episode a week. And then after that, we'll be back to the live schedule. After that, we'll be back to twice a week on the Detroiter. We'll turn it up a notch. After that, we're going to open up a new YouTube series. We're going to get a little bit of what we're still going to do the sports, but we're going to do something unrelated to sports, purely comedy, fucking gas. We're applying the pressure. We are applying the pressure. So I appreciate everybody listening. Stay tuned. Follow the Instagram, follow the Twitter, follow the TikTok. Stay in touch. Just tune in for the updates. Tell your friends. Keep it rolling. Have yourself a day. Mo Sider's the Calder winner, and I'll see you guys next week.